tap into your most original thinking, organize your ideas, and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Welcome back, friends, to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And you know, we creative practitioners are constantly developing our craft, we're refining our personal brand, but today we want to take particular attention to a creative, perhaps in mid-career, mid-life, and thinking about what are the next steps to perhaps not just refining, but reinventing their craft and personal brand. And we've got an expert in that regard and someone who can share their experience and their insights. My guest is Deborah Johnson. Deborah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mark. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, it's I always be awesome. enjoy these. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, Deborah is an international award-winning musician, composer. She's Grammy nominated in, in many categories, but she's also an author and a speaker, and she's got some good books under her belt that also capture a lot of these experiences. And so Deborah, as we kick things off, you know, speaking to that creative person, maybe in mid-career or mid-life, what are some of the unique challenges or steps that you find uh, artists in this regard need to face? Well, the creativity bug never quits. So you just have to decide how to channel that, I think, at this point. And I've I have a number of different areas that I'm still working on because I'll never quit creating, hopefully, um, unless I, you know, the mind goes. But it, um, it it's just becomes a part of life and you have to decide what you want your life to look like and at the pace and, and everything else. And I still keep a very swift pace, but uh, I have also decided in the areas in which to spend more time and, you know, time is very valuable. Um, and to keep the creative juices going. So I've, at this point, I, I think it's important to step back and to see exactly where you are. And I have uh, one of my programs, this is called Hero Mountain Summit, but I have leading up to that is uh, getting out of your roundabout. And so, <laughs> and if you're in the middle of a roundabout, which many people right now are, especially after the two years that we've just experienced, two and a half now, mm -hmm. or three almost. But we've, we've experienced so much upheaval and like where is a place now for creativity and live performance and you know all of these things that are going on. And uh, people have found a way to reinvent and that's getting out of that roundabout. I love that analogy. Yeah. The visual is really strong to say, yeah, yes. I'm just going around in circles. I got to get yeah. out of here sometime, somewhere. <laughs> but you know, and you certainly the gig economy is in every sector of the marketplace. But particularly as we think about creatives, you know, right. freelancers, uh, contractors, uh, 1099ers. <laughs> you know, we we yeah. all are in this gig economy. And why do why does that present a unique challenge? Well, I think it does because your last gig is your last gig, um, unless you are constantly putting things forward. And so it's very important. Your network is extremely important. Uh, in fact, I still work with the Disney Corporation. I'm working there today. I've been working there the last couple of weeks. And, and the reason I, ha I have done this for over 25 years, it's not my main gig, but it's one of those things. I am one of their top subs. And so it's one of those things in my, um, my list of things that I can do and when I'm available to do. And I love it. It's a great great gig but again you've got to develop 
the actual business plan. What are your residuals like as an artist? What are your products that you're putting out? Does it help you move your business ahead? And that's one of the things that I didn't learn enough of when I went through even graduate school and I was teaching, I've taught all levels, but I didn't really learn as much business as I needed to learn. Mm -hmm. I think establishing the business part and the, the arms of your business and what's gonna actually generate the most money and doing that analyzation, not only the most money, but what's the most satisfaction to you? What do you love to do? And how can you develop that further? And what's gonna actually pay off? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you think about that business side of creativity, the pricing, the contracts, yes. the negotiation. <laughs> yes. These are like real world things, aren't they? They definitely are. And I just kind of learned. I mean, I, I looked online as much as I could. Back when I finished graduate school, of course, there wasn't an online. We had to look it up <laughs> and go to the archives of everything. Uh, that dates me a bit. Um, but you still find out you still f you figure it out you have to study you have to see what's out there i learned how to do contracts by studying contracts by being a part of organizations of writers organizations all, all i've started studying all of those to be able to put together my own contracts i've been an independent contractor i've signed with agents but never an exclusive so i've done a lot of work on that and the contracts are very they're letters of agreement pretty much but you've got to have those because you forget all of those details or there may be something you show up to a venue and you're doing a large stage show and they don't have the right type of sound or they don't have the monitors you've got to you've got to study those all of those details and make sure those are very, very clear. You don't have to be demanding, but just to make sure they're very clear on what your needs are to do the best performance. Or this this crosses over to speaking. It crosses over to writing. Everything else that I'm doing, it's, it's very, very similar. It's stage work. And, you know, on the one hand, you say, well, it comes across as prima donna rock star, take all the brown M&Ms out of my, you know, dressing oh, yeah. room. <laughs> on the other hand, what you're talking about logistically uh, right. I love that on your speaking website, you say, this is the kind of microphone I need. Right. I need my right. piano at this height so I can yes. stand and play. Uh, <laughs> and again, it's, it's logistics. It's practical. It, it's not demands at all, is it? It comes from experience, uh, Mark. <laughs> yes, when the piano is down at your knees. <laughs> you get someplace and they don't know what a certain attachment is and you've got to be very very clear I have been in venues of course because I've been in the performing arts as well and some of the I've loved working with performing arts organizations I've loved that because you're you're dealing with the community and they bring in these wonderful audiences they just love you but sometimes you're dealing with uh, venues that are in huge wonderful school auditoriums but they put the they put the students on your sound and there's not always a professional team, so you have to educate them. You have to know, you know, what a direct box is. I've been, I've, <laughs> and I've flown out bands with me too, and they are wonderful, wonder, always wonderful professionals. And I still remember one of my keyboard players, Rich Kalachi, and I, I, there was a student that says, "What's a direct box?" And he told me, "He, I'll handle it." And so it was like, oh. I hired the right person <laughs> and we were great. We were wonderful. You have to hire the right team. There's a lot to this, to a lot to business that, that's a part of this whole 
big picture and it's not just being a prima donna it is being the the ability to give your best it's you need to be able to focus on that audience and if you if you can't hear on stage which has been this i've been on pretty much every situation it's tough you're concentrating so hard that you you can't give your best so that's really what you are trying to do with all of these agreements is to be able to give your best mm -hmm. and to be able to show up early enough that you can you can provide a great experience for everyone involved including yourself well and you've talked about some of these supporting cast if i could call them that <laughs> yes you know that we surround <laughs> ourselves i think the image of the solo creative or the performer you know getting it all doing it all but the team from the agents and the bookers and the negotiators to the sound people and uh, you know logistics and everything in between. Right, it is. And when you mention agents and managers, it's still the artist's responsibility to promote. Um, it's just like signing a book deal, it's signing an album deal. They'll do a certain amount but it's still your job as an artist to learn how to promote and how to market and, and all of that. That's not done. You don't just hand that over. Um, and that used to be the case to where you think, oh, okay, I got the all, all elusive record deal, you know, but way back when that was. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's, it's a lot of work still ahead. It's fun, it's really, but you really have to constantly be studying and figure out what's working. I was just on a on a, a program yesterday that I was um, listening to a podcast and I'm part of the National Speakers Association. I was president of one of their uh, chapters a couple of years ago and part of the national group. And um, it, there was information on LinkedIn, on the new, all sorts of new things that's going on. And this is a big contact area for booking and for professional organizations. But you have to constantly, in business, you have to constantly keep up with what's going on, as well as always own your own land, always own your own newsletter, your own property on your website. All of that is important. So there's a lot to business and it's fun, but you have to, you have to be ready for that as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And certainly, Deborah, I compliment you. First of all, you exude quite a bit of confidence that has certainly come with all these experiences. And, and perhaps the up and coming creative or the performer, musician, what have you, would look at someone in their mid-career and say, well, they, they have made it, so to speak. They've, they've experienced it. They have all the confidence. I, as a young, younger creative, perhaps, you know, don't have that yet. Isn't there still that little voice though in the back? Every time, oh. <laughs> I know every time I turn on the microphone, it's like, I hope this goes well, you know? <laughs> I know, or like, is anybody gonna really know? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. There's that imposter syndrome. Always. And that does not end, it doesn't. Um, I have to, I journal quite a bit. That's, I mean, and I don't journal long. I don't go through pages. I mean, I might write a line or two. And this is what I encourage people to do that are a part of any of my programs, but that you've got to get those thoughts out. But those little negative, those little voices that come, and, oh, okay, are you really good enough? Are you really going to, you know, can you really help people? Can you really do this anymore? Can you really play for like all, like, can you really perform that? Or can you really, you know, uh, deliver enough transformational content to help this organization? This, 
those little voices never end. And so you have to realize they're gonna be there, first of all. But also, uh, and I use an illustration in my, in my keynote speak, you, speech, you have to push those away as well. You have to push the crowd noise away. You have to silence it. That might be the voices in your head. It might be the naysayers that are just saying, what are you doing? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, it might be a parent saying, oh, you really want to go in the arts? You know, those sort of things, you know, <laughs> which... I mean, could be the case uh, in some situations or, or a friend or, you know, all, there's a lot of people that, uh, I was just in South Africa, actually, the last, it was a wonderful, wonderful trip, by the way, and I'm just, now I'm finally, I think, over the jet lag, but uh, and I've had work all these days coming back, but I, I was able to talk to a high school class, and um, it was interesting because there was a wanting to be a doctor there was wanting to be a you know there were a couple different things and I was introduced and I said you know I'm an entrepreneur and there was nobody that wanted to be an entrepreneur or one going into the arts and I said you have to know the business and you've got to work extremely hard and it was like these big eyes like thinking what is an entrepreneur <laughs> but I think that's the reality people come to when they think of finally pursuing their dream. And, and they're thinking, whoa, I didn't know there'd be this much work ahead. And those voices that keep coming. Mm -hmm. Well, you've certainly, uh, we've talked about music and performing arts, but you've also expressed your creativity in a five book. I mean, that's a, quite a bookshelf. So uh, congratulations on that. And your most recent one, The Summit. What's yes. the story behind The Summit? The summit. It was. It was not an easy book to write because um, I just happened to have a copy yes, right here. Yes, that's good. <laughs> it's an allegory uh, because I feel. I mean, the book before this, I go through Hero Mountain, which is my women at halftime's great book. Um, but the allegory is a story within a story, and I wanted to write a story, simple story. It's not that long of a book. If you listen to the audio book, it's about six and a half hours. And I was able to record that because I've got the studio. But, but it's all about the character Mallory. Her name, original name Mallory means not good enough or ill-fated is what it means. And it changes to, it has to change for her to get to her summit. And it changes to Andriette which means strong and courageous one. But she has to go through all these little different lands. And in fact, I just had on my, my bench here, some of the different, I made maps to go along this, with this. And you can see this on the, uh, online on, you know, on some of my website. But I made, the, and you can see the maps in the books, uh, book as well as so you get the print and you can have access to, to some of this online if you, if you get the book. But um, she has to go through all of these different, lands and overcome some of those the language she has to overcome her self-doubt she has to take risks so uh, all of these things are involved in getting to her summit there's real business principles in the book but it's just a sweet little story that you read of some someone's journey through this kind of a magical journey you know, it's not quite like the Harry Potter series because it's not nearly that long. Oh my goodness! Although I've read through all of those books, I love them. But but it's it's that magical journey that she has to go through. You know, this these these different you know lands and um, such as okay. So she has to go through these. Um, 
I have to put on my glasses here. Uh, but the Stylus Music Factory. Okay, so there's you know there's there's these different and and the the clones of you know people taking speeches and it goes through some of the um, social media circus. So there's some of these things that she has to pass through to even get to her summit and we all do so it gives that nice little illustration to where you can identify with some and the different characters that are being you know trying to pull her down mm -hmm. it's a nice way to uh, kind of tell the story and teach the lessons without just saying here here's the five bullet points exactly i do that enough in other pro other things <laughs> but i love with the creativity and i went ahead and did uh, uh live streams on chapter by chapter going through little summaries but you can read a lot online as well it's on amazon it's all the versions i think it's important to provide um, as many opportunities for people to grow in different ways and in creative ways as possible mm -hmm. and what were some of the similarities and differences between writing music you know composing uh, a score and writing this book especially as an allegory uh well writing is rewriting <laughs> first of all <laughs> and you have to decide at some point to finish um this writing this allegory was most like what i had to go through in writing the scripts the books for my musicals because i've written three musicals and to be able to think about the characters and what the characters were feeling and when something doesn't go well, I've produced two of them on a world premiere stage. And when something doesn't go well uh, with those actors, they let you know. And the directors let you know. And you are up, as the writer, up all night writing a fresh scene to make sure that it's going to work for those characters. And this was similar in that way in the type of rewriting that I had to do and the story that I had to develop. And I think we learn with every project that we do. And so it just, it, it was another level for me to have to learn and to scale it down. It's hard, you know, was it Mark Twain that said that, you know, you can write and you know an hour speech and like you know give them 10 minutes but if you want it down to 10 minutes you have to I give me three or six hours whatever it's a long time. with that quote but but it it's hard to quote you know because you're they call it in, in music theater they call it killing your babies it's hard which is horrible it's the first time I heard that because I have kids but but it really is hard to to say you know what you don't really need this whole page or this mm -hmm. whole section you know you've already said that in a different way or and musicals you don't really need that song or you don't need that scene it's like oh no but i loved that song you know so those are those things that we all as creatives anybody listening to this if you're a creative you understand that and how hard that is well it's the same thing with writing books it's not and i sometimes i get through books and then I they lose me a lot of them do about halfway through or through and I'm thinking they didn't finish they mm. didn't stick it out to the end and I did a live reading of this last book of my summit and I've never done that before that's what you always do with musicals and after we finished I mean, it took three days <laughs> to go through and I had people here I fed them lunch I did everything and I noticed the end in it, the end it didn't end strong enough I, I, that was another step I needed to go back and I thought I was done I was so excited I'm done I can do a reading no I wasn't done yet 
because I needed to put the personality with it and I needed to put that actual emphasis at the end. So yeah, so part of that is, you know, writing is rewriting and you need to finish it, but you have to be willing to put the work in to finish it as well. I had to go back emotionally and say, okay, I got to get back to this. I've got, I've got to make some revisions. Yeah, we've yeah, got to definitely. stay open to that. Yeah. And what right. about the other side of that coin? There's a lot of people who have been writing and rewriting and refining. I knew a guy who was editing a book for like 10 years. You know, I'm just on my edits. Yeah. <laughs> I'm refining. When, when do you feel that you know it's done? You know, we have this launch the work into the world. It's time yeah. to hit the send button. You know, whatever it is. I work a lot on self-imposed deadlines, and I really believe in those. Um, I've put out actual an actual timer for people. <laughs> it's only a like a like a minute timer. That's you know, but it's how I've worked in my life. Now you can always extend that you know, a little bit if you need to, which I've had to do. But you still have a deadline uh, to get it done. And I've known people that have had those great record contracts and they've never finished their first album because it's not perfect enough, which is a shame. Mm -hmm. And people throw away some of the opportunities because they're not, a, they're not willing to, to risk, to put out what, what they have. Sometimes it takes back, you know, go back and work on it some more, but at some point you have to get out. It's the same thing coming back to the roundabout. At some point, you get perspective. When I was rewriting the end of my my book, The Summit, when I decided to do that, um, I hired in another editor to help me just refine that. I had already gone through, I, I needed a different perspective. And that's the second point of our roundabout. But then I had to be willing also to push it out and to get out of that. So you have to be able to emotionally get to a point of saying, you know, it may not be perfect, but it's done. And done is better than perfect. I have heard story after story after story to say, you know what? I never finished and I regret it now. Or I never continued doing this and ah, just wish I had. Mm -hmm. So that's, or I never was able to, I didn't submit my piece in time for a competition because yes. I was still working on it. Yes, and, and the missed deadline. The yeah. missed deadlines, because mm -hmm. done is better than perfect. Oh, so good. Well, Deborah, before I uh, get too far, I want to make sure people know how to connect with you and learn more about your work and follow you. Where can we oh, find you? Well, thank you so much. I have a number of websites. I'm hoping not to confuse people. <laughs> <laughs> but I am a keynote speaker, DebraJohnsonSpeaker.com. But you can get my newsletter. The best way to really stay in touch with me, I don't spam people. It comes out. I have an article coming once a week. And, of course, I have a podcast as well, Women at Halftime. But Goals for Your Life altogether, GoalsForYourLife.com forward slash newsletter. And you'll get the programs that I have coming up. I'm starting my learn music again. Uh, and that's another part of creativity. But I had to decide how much I want, how much time I wanted to spend on that. Mm -hmm. So it's not a whole other program. It's using so much of the, what I have and so much of my experience. And you can always find lots of music on DJ Works Music. 
Com. That's I've had that website for a very long time and has tons of music. It's got um, links to my YouTube. We've got a huge YouTube channel and uh, I love making those videos of songs and, and a lot of sheet music as well. You can find a lot of my sheet music uh, online and immediate downloads. Now I'm making some of my MP3 uh, tracks available. I've not put those on NFTs yet. I've made them just <laughs> available. So I don't have multiple mixes. Like some there you go. I don't that. have to get my crypto out. And, yes, uh, I know. So I, I keep studying that. I've just not taken that leap yet. So, well, but that's how so many great get... resources. Oh, we'll sort of put the, all of those in the show notes so uh, our listeners can find them. Well, Deborah, I'm glad you brought up this uh, emphasis on women at halftime. We've been talking about mid-career, mid-life, which by definition says we're not done. Yes. There's still another <laughs> half of the game left. Uh, and and, and maybe see? more. Yes. What <laughs> yeah. do you see ahead for you? What are you looking towards? Well, I want to keep writing. And part of what my, my plan is at this point in my life is to be able to work more remotely. So uh, I'm able to live stream, depends on the internet, uh, where I'm at, but I will continue putting out my podcast, continue putting out my programs. I don't work a lot with individual coaching, though I have my Hero Mountain Summit. I offer that twice a year to individuals. It's a five-month program. Um, and then I speak and have online programs for people. So, But I am able to do connection remotely. I think the online uh, it really opened it up even more with our shutdowns. Uh, but that's what my plan has been because losing, when you lose both sides, I've been married for a number of years. My husband is on actually my podcast with me once a month, by the way, so which is really fun. Uh, we've been married a lot of years, raised three sons, and so we have a lot of stories. But, but to be able to travel with him right now, we lost both parents, both sides, mm. within the last five years. And you realize there's these windows of time, and I've traveled a lot, but I wanted to be able to travel with my husband as well on some of these trips that maybe weren't on my bucket list. I, I, South Africa was not on my bucket list, but oh my gosh. What <laughs> an just, experience, yeah. It was, and, and people come out of the woodwork when I tell them I've gone to South Africa. Oh, I've been, oh, I want to go back. And it was like, well, I never even thought about going. <laughs> you know, I knew friends that had gone, but, but it was, what it does is it opens up, Mark, it opens up even more creativity. And to be able to experience people, uh, to be able to experience those schools with the students, experience being out and finding the different sort of creative creativity in animals. Oh my gosh. Just like the different types of antelopes, the types of, this was true creativity of being able to put all this stuff together. Yes, so exactly. it, it, it opens up your mind. And so that's really, it, it gives me more fuel to keep being creative at this point. And so this is what my, my master plan has been. It's a lot of work, to be honest, to be able to work uh, remotely is a lot of work. You have to schedule, you have to be very organized, which is not always my greatest gift, but I've learned, <laughs> I've got all sorts of tools to help me. And I don't have a lot of assistance. I have a lot of tools to help me. So that's yeah. that's what the plan is ahead. I would like to do three uh, in this sequel of the summit, uh, but that will come in time as when it's ready. Yeah, well, terrific. Yes. It sounds like you've got a lot going on, as often creative people do. 
we all have <laughs> our <do>. various <laughs> ventures, don't we, somehow? So, yes. Well, my definitely. guest has been Deborah Johnson. She's been up for a lot of Grammy Awards, but even more, she's actually published and performed and staged her production. So it's one thing to just create for yourself well, and it's another as we say to, to get it Thank out in the you. world. Thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate it. And listeners, we've stamped our creative passport in Southern California today, but we've been from Vancouver to Stockholm. We've been from New York to LA. Thank you so much, Mark. Yes, indeed. Well, we've been traveling to find out what creative practitioners, uh, how they get inspired, how they organize their ideas. And most of all, as we've talked about today, gaining the confidence and the connections to launch our work in the world. So come back again next time and we'll continue to unlock your world of creativity. Bye for now. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliQ Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and thepeaceroom.love. Hey, it's Alora Lovelight, and if you're enjoying Unlock Your World of Creativity, make sure to check out my new show, The Alora Show, on Roku and Amazon Fire TV.